Welcome to the Red Text, a crossroads of the holy and heretical. Join, Join us now for another episode in Unholy Communion. Welcome back, y'all, to the Red Text podcast. It is so good to be back after our little hiatus. At the time of this recording, it's not yet hit New Year's, but by the time you're hearing this episode, New Year's will have passed. But what has passed is Christmas. How was y'all's holiday season? Oh my gosh. I, I, listen, we talked about Christmas in the last episode and um, everything that I said basically was exactly how everything played out. I spent so much time with my family. I, um, I don't know, cause okay. My, la- my, my Christmas last year was shit because um, a whole bunch of my family members were cut the Rona. So mm. um, I had to, I actually had to isolate myself. I did not catch it, but I had to isolate myself in a hotel room for all of Christmas and all of new year's last year. So it was so nice oh, no. to not, I know it was not cute and I was not willing to relive that madness this year. And mm. I'm so happy I wasn't, I didn't. Um, but yeah, it was wonderful. But before we go into how our special guest spent their holidays, let's introduce them because this special guest, I am so incredibly excited for, um, to have them on, um, Francisco, do you mind introducing yourself and also telling us what your pronouns are? So we know how to address you properly and like what you do, what your vibe, what your kiki is. Sure. Okay. So hi, everyone. Um, so my name is Francisco. I'm known as the Wicked Witch of LA on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all that jazz. Um, and I go by he, him, they, it, that, slut. I take all of the above. Um, yeah, I'm here. I'm feeling it today. I'm actually really, really excited because, I mean, I've, I've told you both, like, this is probably one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Easily. Oh, that means so much. I know. Yeah. That's so nice to hear. It's weird when people say that to, to me because like a lot of these people are like, I've been following for a while. I was telling Francisco a couple of like when I when we first started talking on Instagram, I was like, it's so weird to like have folks like you follow me because I've been following you for like the better part of a year. And now like I'm talking to you. It's like it's a weird fangirl experience. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and when folks like say like, oh, yeah, I really love your podcast. I'm like, you know, what's weird because I fu- I can't stand the sound of my voice. So sometimes I fucking same. hate our podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? So no, I'm, I'm the same way. But no, I, th- I think what like because I binged your podcast, like I, I've binged all of it. Aww. I think Aww. what I, what drew me to it is I know you're both really honest, straight up people. And I mean, also, yes, I'm going to support queer podcasts of color, you know, but I think it's like, even with, um, aside from that, it's just like, you're both so honest, you're both so open and you're not afraid to shoot the shit, you know? And I like keeping it real. And I, I can't say that about every podcast I listen to. So, Ooh, okay, let's yeah. go. Well, it's gonna get a little spicy. Shots fired with me. I know. <laughs> but with like Ryan's Leo energy and my Gemini energy, we just don't know how to shut the fuck up. So wildfire, like... <laughs> manic, manic wildfire. Yeah, it's manic. It's the way I like it. Yeah, I love it. And you live so close to me, so I can't wait to kiki with you. I know. No, we're definitely gonna kiki one day. I mean, you know, I- I'm in Silver Lake, honey. So. Oh yeah, no, and I used to, I used to basically live in Silver Lake. I was part of the drag scene, so the the my drag family was like East LA 
East LA Queens. So, you know, those hard. So, you know, you know, the area. I, yeah, no, I know, I know those girls. I know those girls. I know, I know, I know who to kiki with. I know who to, <laughs> yeah. I do, girl, let me tell you something. I used to, we used to perform at Los Globos. I don't know if you're familiar with Los Globos. Yes. Those hardcore girls, those girls are the ones that put a heel in your head if you, if you don't come mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. That was my scene. I love that. I love, no, I, I live <laughs> right off Hyperion, like right off Hyperion. Oh, okay. Cute. Okay. I know. All, everything's there. Okay. So, well, today, like, let's, t- let's talk about your holidays. How was your holiday? My holiday actually went really, really well. Um, it was a nice, like starting from November to like now, it was really nice because I spent a portion of November in Mexico. I was in Jalisco and Nayarit for a bit. Um, and that was just beautiful because holidays, you know, we're used to like colder weather and, you know, a little gloomy and rain. And then I'm over here on the beaches of Jalisco and it's like 85 degrees. I'm in my cute little short shorts on the beach, strutting my stuff. You know, everyone's looking at me. And then I come back to LA and it's like cold and, you know, in the forties and, you know, I jumped down to 38 the other night. Um, but the holidays have been really well. I had a really, really nice dinner with my family. Um, I also got to spend just like alone quality time with myself, which was very, very much needed. Um, overall, it's, it's been lovely. It really has. That's good. I'm so glad to hear. Thank you. How was your Christmas, my love? It was good. I was able to avoid going to any family gatherings and not because I didn't want to go. It was so I got the J&J vaccine all the way back in March. Right. And they say like after six months, like the effectiveness wanes away. And the J&J was like, quote unquote, the least effective of the three. So I was like, oh, great. So if I catch something now, I'm fucked. Um, And I hadn't had my booster yet. I just got it this past Monday. Um, So I was like, I don't really want to risk going to family gatherings this season until like, I know I'm not going to die if I catch something. So mm-hmm. um, my holidays, it was still great though. I spent it with just my parents, my little sister and one of my older brothers. So just the, was that like five of us? Um, and we just had dinner at my parents' house and it was just gift exchanges and stuff. And then um, came back to the city and spent my days off here in San Francisco, which was nice because it's been cold. It's been rainy, which I love not driving in it, but I do love just sitting inside reading a book with the rain hitting the window. It's like my aesthetic. Yeah. It's, um, it's, so, aesthetic. it's so aesthetic. Yeah. And then got some dope gifts, got this new podcasting mic. So now hey. y'all are going to hear my annoying yes. gay ass in 4k HD. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on 4d. <laughs> oh God. I wish it's so funny you guys would okay the two of you would appreciate this joke a couple a couple of days ago my my coworker was like are you are you sure you want i was sitting in this like weird spot in in the gym all right uh in at work and um i i didn't go to the gym i we call it the gym it's the rehab gym i didn't go to the gym i don't go to the gym but um i'm sitting in this weird spot and the window is like really like sun was going like really like beaming in onto my face you're like are you sure you want to sit there the sun's on your face and i was like I wish someone's son was on my face. I swear to God, I've been so dry oh this entire my season. And that's none of my business. You oh and me both, huh? Yeah, no, me three. I have I've been three. Dry, so dry, dry, dry. Dry, dry, dry. Mm-hmm. I'm a month and a half dry. Oh. I'm about the poor same. Poor you. About the same. I know, poor me. I feel bad for me. <laughs> okay, so um, let's get into it because the topic of today is one that the two of you are very, very well versed in. So I feel like this is going to be more of a questionnaire coming from Fonzie because Fonzie is not um, well versed in this topic. And it's something that I really do. I I know a little bit about, and it's something that I feel a lot of folks do want to start 
you know, kind of getting into. And the most important part of getting into this particular subject is learning as much information as possible. Um, especially because this is a this is a culturally sensitive subject that folks need to be aware of. And it's something that folks need to also go into with um, with a little bit of um, with a lot of bit of caution and a lot of reverence. So, um, Ryan, do you want to introduce the topic today? Yes. So our main topic today is going to be on Santa Muerte and devotion to Santa Muerte, what a devotional practice to Santa Muerte looks like, what a relationship with her looks like, and kind of an overarching topic of death and rebirth and renewal to kind of ring in the new year and celebrate the death of 2021 and hopefully be reborn in 2022 for the better. Absolutely for the better. Um, and as I understand it, the two of you are um, Santa Muerte devotees, correct? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. So um, I guess my first ac- my first um, ask, yeah, my first ask would be who, who is Santa Muerte? Like, what is her history? Um, I know it's a little bit murky um, from the research that I've done by myself, um, but what, what, um, you know, what's her origin story? What is, um, what does she look like? Who is she? What's her tea? Yeah. Francisco, you're our guest. So why don't you go ahead and lead in with the answer for this one? Sure. So Santa Muerte is probably one of, um, so just to start off so everyone knows, Santa Muerte is probably one of the fastest growing quote unquote religious movements happening or spiritual movements happening in the world right now. Um, her devotion used to be very strict to Mexico and now it's really expanding to, it's global. It's become global now. There's people in other countries, other continents that are now becoming devotees to Santa Muerte. So it's really, really growing and it's also one of the youngest, even though it does have a long history, it's still very young. So there are still people discovering new things. And um, Fonzie, kind of like you said, like when you were saying you were looking online and it was a little murky. Well, that's partially because there is no set like Bible or rules. There's no set anything when it comes to Santa Muerte. Um, and that's for a lot of reasons. So to go back as far as I can, so the history of Santa Muerte, there are three historical aspects of Santa Muerte. So you have her indigenous pre-colonial heritage, you have her colonial transform, uh, transformative heritage, and then you have her modern, um, her neo-modern heritage, how she's viewed today, stemming from about 1973 to 1975, when she had a bit of a rebirth. So Santa Muerte kind of comes, and I have my notes in front of me because, you know, I'm ready. <laughs> um, so she's a scholar. She's a scholar and she knows. She's a scholar. She's, you know, she, you know, yes, she's academia. trying to get her bachelor's. Uh, you know, yes, academia, academia. academia. <laughs> um, so her, her belief can be traced back all the way to the Olmecs, but most notably the culture that came after the Olmecs, which was the Mexica or the Aztecs more reputably known. Now the Aztecs had a big deal with acknowledging and venerating death as, um, as a liminal being. So there were two death deities within the Aztec um, pantheon. You had a, a wife and a husband, you had a feminine and a masculine energy and even and forgive me, even though I've, I've I still live in Mexico, I am Mexican, I have indigenous heritage, and I still can't pronounce anything in Nahuatl, which is the indigenous language of the Aztecs. So I'm gonna, um, I always do 
butcher this, but um, and I'm going to read it very, very slowly because again, Miktikawatsiwatl um, was the known as the Lady of the Dead. So she was known as the Goddess of Death and the Underworld. She was the one who protected our ancestors, watched over our ancestors. And then you had um, the male counterpart, Miktetwatli, um, which I'm again, I'm probably butchering. I should know better, but oh well. Now, these were deities that were venerated obviously much differently than how we see today. So there was a lot more um, blood involved, um, a lot more sacrificial, a lot more lack of a better term, I guess like violent means um, the Aztecs really did enjoy their blood. Blood magic was actually a, a very prominent part of their veneration to not just um, the death deities, but a lot of deities in general were offered blood. Now, when the Spanish Inquisition took place, obviously a lot of them were trying, a lot of the Spaniards were trying to force indigenous people into Catholicism. They brought their rendition of death, um, the Catholic arts, of, that's where you see the Catholic, um, it comes from Catholic art, the image of the reaper with the hood and the scythe, the skull. So that was known as La Parca. So La Parca was a grim reaper. Now, when indigenous people were being forced to conform to Catholicism, there was um, a, a genius way of them to venerate their old gods while conforming to Catholic ways. And you see this a lot with, for example, La Virgen de Guadalupe, where they were worshiping Tonatzin as La Virgen in disguise. That way they can still venerate their heritage while pleasing the Catholics because there was also, you know, there was that fear of persecution still. So the same thing happened with Santa Muerte. Um, they looked at the image of La Parca and venerated that. Now, after that, there was actually a period where Santa Muerte kind of disappeared from, from the face of the earth. There's little to almost no historical text. It was hundreds and hundreds of years of nothing appearing with Santa Muerte. I think I remember it being like the last recorded something was like an inquisition record from like the 1700s. And then yes. we didn't hear anything until like 19 something, like the 1940s or something yes. like that. Yes. Oh, so in the 40s, that's actually when you started seeing more um, about, you started hearing a little bit more about La Santísima Muerte. And in the 70s is when you saw the first major outbreak of Santa Muerte. Um, this is the period where people began to see Santa Muerte as evil, or as, as some people know that, or suspect that she was like the, the, the goddess or the saint of like cartels, drug dealers, and criminals. Um, it comes from a, um, a crime raid that happened in Mexico during the 70s, where a crime lord's home, they found an altar to La Negra which is um, Santa Muerte's black aspect. Um, and when I say black to serve everyone listening, it is the color and the spiritual aspect, not race or has to do with skin, just so everyone is aware. So that's where they began to associate Santa Muerte with evil. And it was actually seen that way for quite some time until about the early 2000s, where her veneration began to grow more and more out of, especially out of like Tepito, Mexico, to the borders. So now you have Texas and California borders and you just see a lot of uh, veneration to Santa Muerte. And then fast forward 20 years later to today, where now she is global. 
So she is, if you, if you think about how much time she's been active, it is the fastest growing spiritual practice. It's actually grown faster than Christianity has grown throughout their history. So just a little something right there for history, a little bit. Thank you for that history lesson, because I feel like people just tend to just think of her as kind of just having been there, just appeared out of nowhere, but there's, <laughs> there's so much culture behind it all. Um, and it's beautiful too. I mean, one of the things we'll touch on in this episode is kind of like how she can be appropriated into certain systems. Like one thing mm-hmm. we'll talk about later on is like, you don't put Santa Muerte and, and your other like Wiccan deities or neo-pagan deities on the same altar, or even really any other deities on an altar with Santissimo. But, uh, you know, we got to acknowledge her roots and she, she stems from Mexico. And so Santissimo Muerte is Mexican and there's no taking that away from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, think about it. Of all the places around the world, Death chose Mexico to show herself. So mm-hmm. let's keep it that way. And same with La Virgen de Guadalupe. I mean, that's why they're both known as La, Las Reinas de Mexico. Or, well, I think Guadalupe is La, Re- La Reina de Mexico, and then Santísima is referred to as La Otra Reina de Mexico, the other yeah. queen of Mexico. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're very sisterly queens that both have their roots oh, yeah. in Mexico. And that is, you know, there's no, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? There's no not acknowledging that. You, you got to acknowledge that aspect of them. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. And something that I remember reading in um, Jalen Cross's book, um, American Brujeria, is um, I don't know what the extent of the truth of this is, but uh, I mean, it's it's it seems like the origins of um, the um, the being that is Santa Muerte is extremely nuanced and it kind of differs between households, right? So like, depending on where you come from, who your what your family history is, I feel like a lot of folks have different um kind of views on where she comes from because I, I I do remember reading in their book or in his book that some folks see like Santa Muerte being the shadow right of mm-hmm. of Guadalupe where Guadalupe kind of gives birth and Santa Muerte kind of brings upon death right she's the take she's the taking the she's the she's the taker right so that's always a, an interesting idea to me to see kind of how we spoke, we we spoke about this before in the um our um in our um uh, episode with Ramona when we we're talking about mm-hmm. the Virgin Mary, how there are two sides to her. There are two sides to Mary, and there's there's a there's a light side and there's a shadow side, and it's an interesting way to kind of pers- when you see it, you see the personification of dark and light in the same being in some cases, but also separate. It really does help kind of differentiate that these two aspects are um should be venerated and respected in their own way you know absolutely mm-hmm. well i think one thing a lot of people especially anyone who has no prior background with something what is to remember that she's amoral she's neither good nor evil she is death santa muerte is spanish for holy death like she doesn't fight just for good or just for evil like there are people who will petition her to kill someone and she'll go through with it there's people who petition her mm-hmm. to help, you know raise money for charity she'll help you with that like she doesn't go just one way or the other she will she will get done what needs to get done and that's something that i actually wanted to address is like when you you're, when we're speaking of amorality right amorality is not necessarily a bad dirty word because we want to think of the aspect of the holy death or the aspect of death itself. Um, the reason why we are so constrained and we're so restricted is because we fear death, right? We're so, it's so incredibly 
um, difficult to live life sometimes is because we're because we are so terrified of mm-hmm. of death happening, right? And folks who revere Santa Muerte, they embrace death. They love death. They commune with death. Therefore, because they have this relationship with death, they no longer fear death. And because they no longer fear death, they're able to kind of live life without the fear of death. It's just an interesting kind of um, way of the personification and the kind of the way you, um, the, the animist, the animistic way of like thinking of death as being um, something not to be feared to be able to live your fucking best life is so incredibly powerful. Like, I love that. And people have been doing it for so long. People have been doing it for so long, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Francisco, if you're comfortable sharing, would you be able to share your story of kind of when you first encountered Santisma Muerte, like when she kind of appeared to you in kind of a life or death scenario and you were like, oh, like this is a spirit that's like part of my life for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> happily. So Santa Muerte, I think from my experience has been with me my whole life. Um, part of that was, you know, I've been moving back and forth between the U.S. and Mexico since I was a kid, uh, as far back as I can remember. And one of the biggest memories I have of Santa Muerte is stories that grandma would, you know, grandma would tell you that your abuelita would tell you of like Santa Muerte and that she's mean and evil and she's like this bad spirit. And I remember whenever I would go to like supermarkets like Mercados for any of my people from Mexico listening, Calimax, um, you walk into a Calimax and they'll have like, like their saint aisle, like a little aisle where they have like saint candles and like they have like little witchy supplies. Um, sometimes I'll have statues and I remember seeing like statues of Santa Muerte and being so obsessed with Reaper's figures and I remember every Halloween I would want to dress up as the Grim Reaper always and that over time grew into a, a fear actually so Fonta when you were talking about you know this fear for, of death um, as I got older I actually became really afraid of this figure um, there have been moments in my in my youth where I would see apparitions of Santa Muerte, of like the hooded reaper's figure in my home around me. And again, that was such a, uh, it, it terrified me to the point where it grew into a curiosity for the unknown. And that's one of the things that actually led me to the occult um, was just what was once my biggest fear became my greatest curiosity. And long story short, I just became so invigorated with learning about Santa Muerte and because obviously she's part of my heritage. But there was one specific moment um, years ago where um, Christmas Eve, actually, about almost 10 years ago, where uh, my grandma passed away on Christmas Eve. But three days before, we go to visit my grandma, and my aunt said she was a little bit ill. So I went into my grandma's room to see her. She was lying in bed. And as soon as I walked into my room, I felt the heaviest, darkest presence I've ever felt. And without looking but out of my peripherals I see this tall dark hooded figure just standing in my grandma's room and the moment I felt that I was scared I was like shaking because I had no idea what was standing next to me but I kind of like peeked over like kind of like raised my eye a bit and still standing there this tall reaper like figure and I remember hearing within myself I'm gonna take her and I knew right then there my grandma was going to pass away. 
And three days later, my girl passed away. So that was my first experience with death. And a few years after that, um, which actually about four, three, four years ago, um, I actually had an incident where I was really sick in the hospital. I almost didn't make it. And when I first called the ambulance to come, I was in my apartment. I got really sick, uh, sick with sepsis. Um, I was in a bit of a woozy. My fever was at about 105. And, you know, so, you know, you tend to see things, hear things when you're that woozy. But I remember seeing a tall shadow in my kitchen. And I remember just asking, I know this isn't my time. I, I, I'm here to stay. And I just felt this reassurance of, no, I'm not going to take you. I'm just going to watch over you right now. And I kind of fell into this liminal space where you're literally, um, sepsis is, when you've had sepsis long enough, you're literally, your body's going through the process of dying. Um, your, your body's shutting down. So I, was, I found myself spiritually in this liminal space where I was encountering something what they a lot. And that really just pushed me into a full-blown devotion to Santa Muerte, experiencing death of another person, but also getting very close to my own. And that took away my fear. And again, it just grew into this full-blown veneration and devotion to her. So th that's kind of how I started off with Santa Muerte. Thank you for sharing. It's, it's so wild always to hear people's stories about like, when they started seeing her or like how they, uh, she appeared in our lives or other people's lives, especially like on a brink of such a life or death scenario, like you were going through with sepsis and like, I mean, near death experience is enough or enough to make you reevaluate like life, but let alone like transitioning from that, that state yeah. and then venerating death herself after, mm -hmm. after the fact, you know, you would think the but, opposite would happen. You would think that would make you even more right. afraid, but it makes you so much more appreciative because I mean, what went through my mind was, well, if this is death herself and one day I'm, I have no choice, I'm going to have to meet with her. I think I'm going to be on our good side. Right. <laughs> I'm going to be on our good side. What about you, Ryan? What, what was, what was that experience for you? Yeah. Um, I've encountered her in dreams a handful of times, but I've yet to see her in person and I feel like it's going to happen soon. I don't know why. I just feel like it is. Um, but, uh, Hey, I, I, you know, I would love that. I'd absolutely love that. But, uh, so trigger warning for people listening, I'm going to talk about mental health and, and suicide and suicidal ideation for a bit, but, um, my late teenage years and early college years, I struggled with my mental health a lot. Um, and like during my really, really dark times, like I did not want to be alive. I was constantly idealizing ways that I kind of wanted to just end it all. Cause I could, could not really see it getting better. And, um, so that was kind of how I like, um, encountered death in my life. Cause I, I've had family members pass away, but it never, it was always so young that it didn't impact me in any, any certain way, you know? Um, but like, you know, just the will to not want to live was, was always something that weighed over me. And, uh, during one point in college, I started, my mental health started getting better. And I was like, okay, like, I want to start therapy. Like I want to do what I can to like take care of myself now before I get into that dark place again. And, I remember I was browsing on Instagram uh, after I started getting into the spiritual community and I discovered this page who was posting about Santa Muerte and I was raised Catholic and, but like, you know, being queer growing up Catholic, you, you feel like you never really fit in. Like, even though God is supposed to be all loving and all that jazz, like there's just still this like, Oh, like I'm a sinner cause I'm gay or whatever. But then when I was researching Santa Muerte, it just felt like I was coming home to something to feel truly accepted to a saint who 
doesn't matter if you're a cartel member or a queer or a sex worker who literally because death is going to come for every single person at the end of their lives accepts you um, and especially those of the marginalized and oppressed communities and it just the more I read about her the more I watched videos about her the more I was like oh my god this just feels right so it was more of a, um, a me coming to her and not her coming to me first but it just felt so natural and um I kind of jumped head first into calling myself a devotee, uh, which is funny because Santa Muerte is the very first spirit that I ever built a relationship with. And that's like jumping head first into like the deep yeah. waters of spirit work <laughs> instead of like working with any saints or La Virgen. I went like straight with Santa Muerte. Even before I had an ancestor practice, it was Santa Muerte. Um, but like I said, it just felt like I was at home and I felt accepted and how we've touched on. I found deeper meaning in life through Santissima Muerte, through death, because, you know, when I kneel at her altar and pray, like I'm praying for a happy death, whatever that may be for me at the end of my life. But like, I'm staring death, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm staring death her in the face. And I'm just like, you know, this could be my last day when I'm having conversations with people. I'm like, this could be the last time we ever talk. So it's death has just been reframed for my entire perspective of life. And it's made me enjoy life so much more being a devotee, venerating her and just acknowledging the presence of death. Cause I think the problem with society and, and globally generally because of our egos, we want to cling to life. We don't like to think of death. We like to think we're going to live forever, but that's just sadly not, that's not true. And the sooner we can confront the fact that we could, you know, die tonight, die tomorrow, whatever, that death's going to come for us when she decides to come for us, the more we can live life more fully. And uh, through Santa Muerte, I've just, I've just found so much more pleasure in life and more mindfulness and, and presence and uh, I just treasure it a lot more. Um, suicidal ideation isn't something I struggle with as much anymore, maybe from time to time, but compared to how I used to as a teenager and a young adult, like not even a fraction of how much I deal with that now. And so I, and I, I have all, all my things goes to Santa Muerte because I feel like if it wasn't for her, I would still probably be like in a wreck, um, to be honest. So well, listen, I totally understand where you're coming from when it comes to like wanting to dive deep as early as possible as soon as like because like I told you I was doing my reading and doing my research for this episode and I was I was texting Ryan earlier this day uh, or earlier today I was like I'm getting so emotional <laughs> I'm getting so emotional just like watching these videos and reading these texts and these testimonies of folks who actually devoted themselves to her and the experiences and the visceral feeling they get when they work with her because it's it's so like it's true devotion these folks are really devout and i feel like a lot of a lot of the times like it's 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 that same like divine like feeling you get when you get that like that message or that feeling from like, oh, this is this is what I'm supposed to be looking for. Do you know what I mean? And it's happening all the time. And it seems like she works miracles all the time, very, very con consistently with people. Just as long as you're doing exactly what you promised you were going mm -hmm. to do, she'll do whatever, like, bro, I'm here for you, but just do what you're supposed to, what you said you were going to do. You know what I mean? That's like this vibe that I'm getting from her. It's just so like, I'm here to take care of you. Please ask for help. I will give you the help that you need. I will mm -hmm. give everything that you are asking for. Just come through. Just come through with what you said that you were going to come through with. Do you know what I mean? It's like saying mm -hmm. like, if you come through with me and 
Um, if you come through for me, I will, you know, get a tattoo of you on my body and then you don't come through and like, uh, good luck. Like this is this you, good luck with whatever is going to happen next, because it doesn't <laughs> seem like it doesn't seem like she's going to come through for you ever again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, right. It's a true devotion. Do you know what I mean? Um, now, speaking of of um, who she is, I understand that she does have different aspects that folks work with. So mm-hmm. what are the different aspects of Santa Muerte and how do they differ from each other and how do folks properly work with them? So Santa Muerte has, so like I said, different aspects. Now, they don't work like you would see in other practices. So for example, um, you have Wiccan, you have the triple moon goddess, and you have these three different goddesses that come together as one. That can kind of help as a stepping stone to help you understand some of these different aspects, but it more closely works like this. Santa Muerte is Santa Muerte. Death is death, and it's never going to change. The name doesn't really change. It is death. When we talk about her different aspects uh, within her devotion, within her cult, um, in some places we refer to it as a cult. Um, um, so you may see different, I'm going to start with this. So you've probably noticed that when you see images of Santa Muerte, you see different robe colors. You see black, you see blue, you see green, you see the seven, uh, the seven powers, the, the seven um, colored robe. Those are her aspects. They're, they're um, split by color. Now, her main three aspects that everyone's the most well-known are the white, the red, and the black. Now, even though we refer to them as aspects, it's not that they're so different. They more represent the specific area of your life that Santa Muerte can help you in or where Santa Muerte can participate in. For example, let's say you're working with with the white-robed aspect, La Blanca or La Niña Blanca. Now, acts of purification, of cleansing, acts of forgiveness, acts of healing, um, raising you up, opening your roads, you would petition to La Blanca for that because that is what that is the aspect that works with those things. That doesn't limit you to that. For example, is if, if all you have is a white road, Santa Muerte, you want to ask her for something else? Well, of course you can. Santa Muerte is not limited by her color. But the color of the robe, the aspects of the robe colors helps us as humans to connect and kind of meet halfway with Santa Muerte. I will work with the black, for example, when I'm doing, um, when I'm practicing witchcraft or if I'm practicing like darker workings, I will meet with, I will take my, my black statue. And that helps me to focus on that aspect of Santa Muerte. Santa Muerte will come to me in that aspect, in that form. And it helps, it helps you connect more in my opinion and in my experience. Um, Ryan, how, how does that work for you? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. So my best friend that I that I live with uh, is also a Santa Muerte devotee and we've had this conversation uh, with each other a lot because we talk about how Santa Muerte, like you said, is a being as a whole, right? It's not like each different aspect or di- each different robe is a completely different Santa Muerte, but they each carry a different energy. So it's like you wouldn't approach La Blanca the same way you would repro- approach La Negra. Like they're both Santa exactly. Muerte, but they carry different energies. Like I like the analogy of like the you, the me that you meet at work. Like if you're my coworker, you know me at work. But like if you're my close friend, you know a completely different Ryan. It's kind of like mm-hmm. that with Santissima. It's like the white one is maybe your coworker, Santissima. The black one's like your best friend. And so like it's these, it's the same person, but you're seeing different 
facets of them. Um, and to be honest, like, even though I've been a devotee a little over two and a half years, I've yet to build a, a, um, a relationship with every single aspect. It's mostly, I would say, La Blanca and La Roja that I've worked with the most. And I've yet to really work um, in depth with La Negra. It's still something I'm building. But um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting that like it's it's one spirit, but how the spirit can manifest itself in such different unique energies. I think that's what's so beautiful about her. Cause I feel like if you go to different other pantheons, um, depending on what deity you're you're worshiping or venerating, it's kind of just like, oh, this is what they do and they're gonna do it this way. But like Santa Muerte is just so multifaceted and it's just mm -hmm. that's what that's one of the miracles of her is that she works in so many different ways and she's not you can't confine her just to one one aspect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And what's um funny is and there's more colors because I know we're you know we're talking about like the white the red and the black aspect the whole rainbow was in there mm -hmm. like there i mean there's the blue aspect the gold the, the gray there's bronze brown yellow silver i mean and right I, I mean you put it together perfectly they're they're each more representative of like the different energies that she carries and i feel at least from other devotees i've spoken to everyone kind of has their their robe color, their Santa Muerte that they more link with. Like, for example, you said you connect more with La Blanca and La Roja, the white and the red. For me, it's been um, the black aspect since the beginning. Um, and today, still, it's, it's still the, the dark aspect. And there are people that connect more with green. There's people that more that connect with blue. So there may be devotees out there that tell you, well, if you want to start a veneration or devotion with La Muerte, you have to start with the white because that is the most gentle, that is the easiest one. And I think there is some truth to that. But Santa Muerte is going to approach you in the form that she sees you having the easiest time connecting with, in a sense, like Absolutely. what works for you. So to anyone that's listening and, you know, you're curious about starting a devotion to Santa Muerte, don't panic too much about choosing a color. Find one that you connect with, you know, Santa Muerte will show you. You'll be guided to the right color. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take that a little bit further and say that if you're going into a devotional relationship with anyone don't be so harped on being, you know, seeing some sort of um, reaction or some, they will approach you as they see fit. Okay. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's Santa Muerte, if it's St. Jude, if it's, you know, the Virgin Mary, it, it could be anyone. It's not about you. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be reaching out to these out of this world, you know, um, spirits, they will show themselves the way that they feel that you need them. Some folks won't even, won't even communicate with you at all because like, yo, you don't need me. You need somebody yeah. else, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's so important for folks to understand, like if you're going into trying to go in, you know, how, to cultivate a relationship with anything, anyone, they get to choose whether they want to have a relationship with you or not. And it's, it's sometimes I understand why it could be kind of disheartening to be like, oh my God, you know, someone doesn't want to work with me. That's not up to you. It's never up to you. Um, that's just like your ego trying to convince you that, um, that you're entitled to those things. You're not entitled to anything. No one serves you. So um, I think it's really important for folks to understand, like taking the, you know, taking the context out within just within any sort of pantheon that you got to be okay with folks not wanting to work with you. And that's totally fine. Someone does want to work with you, but sometimes it's not the one that you feel like is like super cool or everyone wants to work with. You know what I mean? 
Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, I feel like that's a big problem is like, like uh, a lot of social media witches want to be like the biggest and baddest witch in town. So they're going to like flock to Santa Muerte. Cause like, she's, a, she's a very powerful, miraculous spirit. But like you said, Fonzie, not, not all the time is Santa Muerte going to work with someone just because death comes for us all. doesn't mean she's going to want to build a specific relationship with you. And just like you said, that can go for saints. I can go for angels. I can go for any deity. So for those listening who are curious about building a relationship with Santa Muerte, you can by all means reach out, but don't expect her to work with you right off the bat. She may say no, or she may guide you to someone else, or she may just not respond at all. She, you know, she's not a one, one size fits all type spirit. Yeah, I think that, uh, very well said. And there are people, and, I, and I've encountered some people that I've met online here on Instagram who message me and they're like, well, I'm trying so hard to reach something. What if I'm giving your offerings? I'm doing all this right. I'm, I'm buying her this. I'm giving her that. And I'm still not hearing anything. And I'm, you know, and that, that's actually quite normal. You know, even though we're all at the end of our life are going to encounter Santa Muerte, a devotion to Santa Muerte is not for everyone. And I think when you have that curiosity for Santa Muerte, she's going to look at you and she's going to know right away if you can or cannot handle her devotion because her devotion is kind of a lifelong commitment. You commit, you're committing yourself, you're devoting to a spirit. Devotions should not easily be broken. So if you're someone who has had trouble in the past keeping your promises, if you're someone who has had trouble completing tasks, focusing on a project, something what sees that. And if she sees, well, you're not someone I can trust my devotion to, it's not gonna happen. And that's not the end of the world. Just because something with this, you know, kind of blowing up right now, that doesn't mean you have to work with her. Absolutely. And I feel like another misconception is that you have to be a devotee to work with her, but no, not necessarily. Like I, I've heard stories of people who can also just petition her for help with something and she helps because mm-hmm. she is she is a folk saint. She's considered and is a folk saint. And just like any other saints, um, you know, you could petition to work with them and not necessarily devote yourself to them lifelong. But mm-hmm. like you said, Francisco, devotion, that is a whole different term. When you call yourself a devotee of Santa Muerte, that is not something you break. That is lifelong. Like there, I've heard of rare circumstances of people no longer being devotees, but by no means is it an easy process to break that pact. Um, yeah. But the, on the flip side, I have heard of stories from people who were devotees who Santa Muerte decided to leave them. She kind of told them like, hey, I've done all I can for you in this lifetime. It's time for me to go now. Like, you know, we've done everything we can together. Um, so I, I, I have heard of, of instances like that as well. But mm-hmm. I feel like taking on the title of devotee is something very, very serious. And although I jumped into it head first, it worked out for me, but that doesn't mean yeah. it's going to work <laughs> out for everyone. I was just about to say, <laughs> I was just about to say, that says a lot about you because like you were like, I'm doing this now. And she was all like, all right, bet, let's do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like she, mm-hmm. she, she was ready for you. Right. And I love that. I mean, that's, and yeah, that, that can happen. I mean, who is to say that there's only one way, you know, and that's something that I will say that kind of leads me to this point. Forgive me if I'm straying off a bit, but there are a lot of people that for those that are interested with either working with Santa Muerte, petitioning her, or you want to build a devotion with her. There are a lot of people that will tell you there is only one way to venerate Santa Muerte. They'll say, this is the only way to get initiated as a devotee. This is the only way to give her offerings. This is the only way to pray for her. And this is the only, and they, listen, Santa Muerte is not bound by a religion. Some people will tell you, well, Santa Muerte is strictly Catholic. No, she's not. The Catholic church condemned her. So big, big, big no-no right there. She's not confined by any religion. She's not confined by what a person says. 
there are things that many devotees, we will say that we share in common because a lot of our experiences have been the same when it comes to like offerings and prayers and things like that. But there is no one way of doing this. Even though there are traditions that Santa Muerte wants to continue to be upheld, don't feel like if I don't do it this way because some Instagram fool said so, that she's going to take my puppy away or something. No, that's not how this works. Santa Muerte is very guiding. So if, if this is something that someone out there is right. interested in, just know, like, do your research. You will be guided to the right path. And I think that's the beauty of, of um, being a folk saint is that they are not restricted to the kind of the restrictions of an institutionalized organized religion, religion, which has a lot of rules and a lot of lists on how to do things. Um, the beauty of um, working with folk saints is that you have the freedom to communicate with these saints and these saints can tell you exactly what they need you specifically to do. Because here's the thing, like I said, Ryan and Francisco both work with Santa Muerte. But they definitely, Santa Muente has told them specifically, individually, how to work with her. So it's going to look different. Their practices with her are going to look different. So you have to commune. You have to commune with these spirits so they can like tell you like, yo, this is how I want you to do this. And if you feel like lost or, or, or um, kind of not knowing what you're supposed to do, sit and pray sit and pray and try to talk and try to, you know, ask for those messages, ask for those, you know, those things that could help guide you in your practice. Absolutely. Um, Francisco, when did you start declaring yourself a devotee? Like, cause it sounds like Santissimo was appearing in your life for a very long time, but at what point did you say like, oh, I want to be devoted to you? I think my full blown devotion was about three years ago. Um, and, it, and it was around the time when I was um, struggling with sepsis um, because before then I had already, obviously, like, like I mentioned, I had encountered her, um, I had already prayed to her, but I think when it came to like a full devotion, like, okay, this is actually what I'm going to, my spirit is going to be bound to. That was about three years ago. And, and Ryan, I'm sure, you know, that the moment you declare yourself a devotee of Santa Muerte, she puts you on a fucking roller coaster. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that big grin on your face. <laughs> she is one of those one of those spirits that she is so good at communicating with you. She is so good at making it obvious when it's her. And I think when I that was one thing that I was afraid of is that when I started my devotion, there was like a lot of, of doubt within me because I was like, well, how do I know if she's talking to me? How do I know if what I'm doing is right? How do I know if what I'm feeling is real? Honey, let me tell you, you're going to know it's real. Oh, yeah. You are going to know it's real. She is very good. of Because that is something that can happen is because Santa Muerte is such a prominent spiritual figure, a lot of spirits are attracted to her. Mm -hmm. Thus, when you invite Santa Muerte to your home, you're going to get a horde of other spirits, usually spirits of the beloved dead, ancestral spirits tend to follow her. Um, but you'll also get like earth spirits and things like that. Pretty much anything that has to endure death will follow Santa Muerte. And then you'll get the odd trickster spirit. And I have heard tale of trickster spirits mimicking Santa Muerte. But let me tell you, have some discernment, 
develop that tool and trust me you're gonna you're you're gonna know when it's her presence there's nothing else like it I, I, it's I actually, I'm so glad you brought up the topic of trickster spirits in Santissimo because I recently just had someone in my DMs who was asking me for advice. Um, they were like, oh, La Blanca has come to me like in three separate dreams. And, you know, I'm just hesitant about reaching out to her. Like, how do I know it's not a trickster spirit and da, 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 da. And I was just like, I feel like it's a very slim chance most trickster spirits are going to try to imitate Santissima because it's like, do they really want to fuck with her? Like, definitely, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to happen, you know, once in a blue moon. But like, it, it's I don't know. It's like, does a trickster spirit want, really want to try to get on death's bad side? Yeah. By, if I try to do that. And I was also mm-hmm. reassuring them, like, if she's coming to you several times in the course of like a, a period of time of several dreams, I'm, I'm can reassure you that's more than likely not a trickster spirit oh um, yeah and i definitely want to reiterate like yeah spirits are going to come with santissima especially if it's la negra like the queen of witchcraft la reina de las brujas like they are going to come behind her uh with you and um it's funny because like i said i i had my practice and altar to santissima muerte before i even had my ancestral altar but i feel like it's because santissima muerte or because of santissima muerte that I started my ancestral practice. It's like she kind of, like you said, uh, Francisco, that she kind of brought those spirits along with her. And mm-hmm. so um, again, being a very psychopompic type spirit, like helped me connect with my ancestors too. So it's like, for me, I always, my the the two titles I use most with her are Madrina or just Santissima Muerte, the most holy death, um, but definitely Madrina. Like she has been my spiritual godmother and one of the biggest, if not the biggest spiritual teacher in my life ever since I've devoted myself mm-hmm. to her. Um, even just connecting me with other devotees and and mentors and teachers in so many traditions. So to me, yes. she's my godmother, my madrina, um, my teacher, um, less so a motherly figure and more so just like a very, very loving companion who teaches me spiritual knowledge. So how is your relationship with Santissima? And out of her many titles and epithets, what what which ones do you, you mostly use with her? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny is when I first started with Santa Muerte, she very much presented herself to me as a mom, as a mother. So I often used Madre Mia, my mother, um, of course, La Santísima Muerte, but also use the terms La Flaquita or La Huesuda. Um, for those that don't speak Spanish, La Flaquita means the skinny woman or the skinny lady, and La Huesuda is the bony lady. Um, though, And I still use Huesuda and La Flaquita. But from when I first learned about Santa Muerte to where I am today, she has presented herself, and I know this may not be the most accurate term, but this is how she's presented herself to me, um, especially since I'm someone who tries to honor the indigenous heritage of the spirits I work with. Um, it has become, she's kind of presenting herself like a goddess more, like that indigenous historical, I guess, like her grandeur. So my veneration to her has become a lot more like, I need to be very respectful but there's still kind of that familiar spirit, like this family type relationship. So I still today refer to her as my, as Madre Mia, mi mamá, my huesuda, my plaquita. And that's very common in relationships with Santa Muerte is you use these terms of endearment because you build a very close relationship with Santa Muerte when you work with her. Um, I would say Madre Mia, Santísima, plaquita, and huesuda right there. That's beautiful. I love that. I was always shocked by, I don't think I've personally met anyone who calls her this, but I've read about people who call her this, who call her uh, by cabrona, which is like the bitch. Oh my God, yeah. And I'm just like, cause like, I don't, I don't partake in state punishment. I don't judge anyone who does partake in state punishment, but Santissima Muerte is the last person I would ever want to try partaking in state punishment with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a there's a story in the book Italian Folk Magic, and uh, the author Mary Grace Farun had an aunt who would do saint punishment with with the Blessed Virgin Mary. She had a prayer card with Mary on it, and she would like put her cigarette out on the eyes of Mary, like when she wasn't fulfilling what the 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 Thea the aunt was asking for. And then later in life, that same Thea or Zia, I think in Italian, um, ended up going blind. She's like, eh, I deserve it. This is what I get for having put my cigarette out on her eyes. And I'm just like doing that with right. the mother Mary. Like I can't even imagine what would happen, like trying to do state punishment with something, you know? So well, here's the thing. I actually watched a doc, a CNN documentary. I forgot the, the fool's name, but it's some dude who like, he's like an anthropologist or something and he like researches religions but he was he was doing a thing on santa muerte and they they found a group of um uh transgender sex workers who actually are are santa muerte devotees and they said one of um one of them said that they actually do that was actually one of my questions that i wrote down where they do do saint punishment where she put a, um, uh, the, her statue of Santa Muerte in the toilet tank until she granted her thing, and I was just like, "Oh, wow, oh, you're 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 brave! <laughs> that's like that bold. sounds, yeah, yeah, like you're a badass! Like you have you have a relationship with Santa Muerte where you are just like he can't, like you guys are good. You know what I mean? Like that's what it feels like to me. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, um, well, at the same time, just like people that I would kiki with, I wouldn't want to put in the toilet bowl. Do you know what I mean? It's different. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's something where it's just like, it felt very transactional. You know what I mean? So it was a very different kind of relationship that I felt where it's just like, I need this done. Please do it for me. Oh, you didn't do it for me. I'm going to, I'm going to do something to you until you get, until you grant it to me. Do you know what I mean? It's very, yeah. there's a very entitled um, kind of aspect that folks work with her at some, you know, I, and I feel like it's not just her. I think it's, there's, there is a, you know, a saint punishment culture out there where folks do, mm-hmm. you know, um, to, to, you know, grant their will, will do some sort of saint punishment to be able to, you know, to, you know, get whatever they need or get whatever mm-hmm. they want, you know? So I wasn't going to ask you guys, like, how do you feel about, saint punishment especially within the um you know aspects of santa muerte because that to me sounds terrifying like i don't know if i would ever have to do something like that no i wouldn't personally i don't judge people who do but that's not for me i i i'm more along the side of spirit work where i would rather prefer to build a relationship with that spirit out of kindness out of love out of devotion and not so much like oh like for instance with like saint uh i think it's saint joseph like you bury him upside down in your yard when trying to sell a home like I don't know that that personally just doesn't vibe with me. Um, how about you, Francisco? I personally would never do that. Um, I think punishing Santa Muerte for not accomplishing something is very disrespectful because you have to look at who you're messing with. You're messing with death. Right. Like, she can take it if she wanted to. She could just take everything away from you. Everything. And the, the, the funny thing is people will punish Santa Muerte for not accomplishing, you know, something that they wanted, but they're so afraid of breaking a promise to her because of repercussions. And I'm like, well, how can which you is do it? both? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't yeah, do you both. can. You, you, that, that, no, you're 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 treading on double standard waters there, you know. And here's the thing with Santa Muerte is Santa Muerte is not a vending machine. Santa Muerte is not your maid that's going to give you what you want when you want how you want it. Mm-hmm. Santa Muerte is going to give you what you need more than half the time. 
So if you're asking Santa Muerte for stupid shit, like Santa Muerte, I want a million dollars. Oh, well, she didn't give it to me. So I'm going to flush it down to the toilet. Like, do you know what you're asking of death? Like, right. Come it on, has to be, be reasonable. Warranted. It has to be warranted. Like, right. yeah, it's not a wish granting factory. That's what I feel like. Exactly. People assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't assume that because you want it, it's warranted to you because most of the time it's fucking not like, honestly, like that's what I'm saying is that a lot of the times it's not about you and you have to kind of shed that part of you where you think that because I devote myself a hundred percent to this, to Santa Muerte or to anybody that I've been entitled to whatever I ask for. And that's just not true. It just Mm -hmm. isn't true. So y'all, I have, uh, I did a poll on my story, not a poll. I asked them a question on my story for people to, to submit any questions they had about Santissima. So I'm going to go ahead and pull it up. Is it cool if we go over them? Cause I feel like that'll yeah, segue into sure. a lot of conversation. So let me go ahead and get that up. Let's see what people are asking. Oh, we got more. Okay. So I'll just start from the bottom. Um, and I'll go ahead and shout out all y'all who ask questions as well. So Jaratura on Instagram asked, what do you recommend as the best way to start a relationship with Santa Muerte? Francisco, do you want to go ahead and lead into that one? Sure. Um, best way before you start, do your research. Mm. Look up her indigenous history. Um, read, read a book or two. Um, I recommend La Santa Muerte by Tomas Prower or... Um, the Grimoire of Santa Muerte, those are pretty, uh, pretty good. Talk to devotees, learn as much as you can. The thing with Santa Muerte is when you want to start a devotion to her, she is looking at you with a very close eye. And if she sees you taking the time out of your day, because time is the most valuable offering you can give. Oh, yes. Researching her, learning about her before you even approach her. There's a lot of good things to be said about that. So if that's something you're interested in, do your research point blank that's that's actually yeah that's exactly how i started my relationship with her too like the instagram that i came across which shall not be named uh i saw their igtvs and all the i went through all the content they had on santissima muerte and then started watching videos and researching her myself and again it was just that attachment of like oh this feels so right so i definitely want to second that uh what francisco is saying of do your research uh especially it's very interesting when you when you read about a spirit or a saint or whatever you will you'll feel things and sometimes synchronicities will happen just solely from the research you're doing that will give you confirmation that like oh you're on the right path with you know reaching out and developing a relationship with this spirit so Mm -hmm. i I wholeheartedly agree with with just doing your research uh i recommended to the one person who reached out to my dms about whether or not santissima was reaching out to them um, you can never mess up with just doing a glass of water and inviting them in. So I would say, if you really think they're, they're reaching out to you, then go ahead and just put out that glass of water. Uh, and if you can't afford a statue, if you're not ready to get a statue, just like an image of them, even a drawing for Santissima of like a skull and crossbone, something to represent death. And through that simple task of just doing a glass of water and maybe like a tea light candle, like she, if she wants to be a part of your life, she will give you clear signs and messages just through that simple act of inviting her into your life with the, with the water and, and the candle flame. Um, so that's what I would recommend is just, just a nice glass of cool water and some sort of image to represent death uh, and um, a simple tea light because light acts as a beacon for spirits. And just those three little things, you would be shocked at what will come through if she wants to come through. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go ahead and kind of 
go off of the two of you and say is like when you're doing your research I think one of the most important parts to doing your research when it comes to working with something with is te personal testimonies because the things that you can find online are either very murky or written by white people so yep. talk to folks who actually practice and who have fucking melanin in their skin um yes that part yes <laughs> right there because it's so important to know that these folks, there is a certain Santa Muerte. This is what I now, please correct me, the two of you. If I am wrong, I don't think I am, but if I am wrong, Santa Muerte is more inclined to work with folks of a certain skin color and who are also marginalized. Okay. They, that that's they she will work with anybody but they will she will most likely be more inclined to grant folks who are um not favored <laughs> it's as it, yeah. as gently as i want to say it they are not favored and that includes um people of color um the mafia alpha uh, the mafia alpha the alphabet mafia us lgbtq <laughs> weird mm -hmm. folks yes um you know those are the folks that you need to get your information from because that's the most credible in my personal opinion i agree 100 and listen there's not a whole lot of spirits saints deities that people post about that are lgbtq friendly that are mafia alphabet friendly um most deities are quite neutral on that, but modern practice of Santa Muerte, she is being uh, one of her newer titles that I'm very happy with is the patron saint of queer folks. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, when you look into the, the deeper recesses of Mexico, she's working, um, one of her biggest followers are trans people, other queer folk and sex workers. Right, right. So she is quite rapidly becoming the, the patron spirit of queer folk. So I think if you're someone who's within that spectrum, maybe Santa Muerte is someone you can look into. Also, also folks who are looking for patron saint of LGBTQ folk, there are other saints. There are other saints, like Joan of Arc. Mm -hmm. Saint Joan of Arc Joan is of Arc. willing to work with you. If you are LGBTQ, if, if Santa Muerte is someone that does not want to work with you, that's totally fine. Look elsewhere, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, totally. I, I agree with both of what you y'all are saying for sure. Um, yeah, just because she is a patron of the LGBTQ community and the marginalized and the oppressed does not mean she should be the only outlet that y'all are searching for for a saint exactly. to develop a relationship with. Um, right. Again, it's like kind of like a try it and see if she reaches out and accepts you. If not, move on and find someone new. But don't feel like you're fucked up for her not wanting to work with you, right? Like yeah. not everyone is going to say yes to you. Not everyone's exactly. going to want to be your friend. Mm -hmm. um astrology asked how did you get introduced to her i think we already covered that earlier in yeah. this episode um francisco you asked what's been your favorite offering to give her oh for me i don't smoke as much anymore but for the most part it was marijuana because anytime anytime i would toke up i i have this medallion i wear of of centisima that i never take off some people take theirs off during sex i I don't ever take this off. I concentrated it and said, I'm never removing this unless it's getting a new medallion. Um, but I would always 
smoke whenever i'm smoking i would always blow some on her if i was out and about smoking or if i'm smoking indoors or outside i'd, I'd, bl I'd bring her statue and blow on it so smoking um marijuana because that's one of her preferred offerings was always one of my favorite things and it was always fun when i'd be in a group of people and they would see me take out her medallion and blow on it they're <laughs> like what are you doing i'm like i'm offering it to santissima like i always give the first toke to her like i love that i have a relationship with the saint that i can enjoy this with what about you, Francisco? What's that. one of your favorite offerings for her? Well, marijuana is one of them. <laughs> um, she she loves it. She really does love it. Um, I actually have a, I don't know if I want to call it a statue, but it's a, an image that I built for her. Um, it's like those like three foot like skeletons you see like at Halloween stores during October. So I bought one mm. of those and dressed it up. I oh, saw it. Awesome. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Um, so the fingers are actually just wide enough where you can she can actually hold a blunt in it oh shit so i'm looking at her right now and that's she's dope. like this holding a blunt in her hand so um that's because dope. it's expensive i don't always buy it but when i do give her the offering um i'll like smoke it puff it into you know blow it into her face and then i'll put it back in her hand and let the in, kind of like smoke like instance kind of like rise into her face she loves weed she loves it that's one of my favorite things to give her that and um copal Oh, yes. Copal resin, the incense. Oh, yes, my yes, gosh. Yes. She goes God. nuts over that. She also, Copal it. smells so good. So I good. love the way Copal smells. Mm -hmm. Delicious. I also uh, saw um, folks like when they, um, this is also part of my deep dive, was when they bought a new like effigy is that they would have the, because the statues is a statue. When you buy it, you have to have it activated. Which mm -hmm. I also, I, th that is definitely something that I practice as well. But like there are folks who are like blowing, like literally blowing cigar smoke straight onto the effigy to activate it, to kind of mm -hmm. infuse the effigy with her spirit. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's statues of Santissima, a lot of them from Mexico, you'll find underneath the statue, like kind of like a, a resin um, formation, usually filled with different amuletos and charms right. and, and grains that have different purposes. And the tradition in which I was taught is that you you would bless the carga to try to basically activate it. Like if a statue doesn't have a carga, that's fine. Like it, it's not necessary, but it, it kind of adds that extra oomph to like channeling her yeah. her energy. And I've, I've personally found that true as well. Um, but there's like a, in my tradition that I was taught by my teacher, it's like you wipe down the statue with holy water and the carga, and then you in, uh, so fumigate it with some smoke and you blow some tequila on it from your mouth there's like a certain way to do it that took me some practice i would like constantly dribble the tequila down my mouth like it took a few tries um but then it's like after you do that uh the the carga is activated and the statue is like alive basically um so it's it's really beautiful to see the different systems of kind of like quote unquote activating the the effigies and statues mm -hmm. of spirits these don't weigh as good tequila <laughs> I, I should have done it with like water or something first but i was like i'm just gonna go straight for it go for it um makando asked can i have her with another saint or with other saints so she's picky it's i feel like maybe depending on your relationship with her she may be okay with with certain saints but traditionally the only folk saints i know she's cool with after you build a relationship with her and get her permission to put on her altar are other mexican folk saints such as like um jesus malverde or maybe um Mashimon or San Simon, um, La Virgen de Guadalupe, and uh, I feel like I'm blanking on somebody. 
I feel like I'm forgetting some, but there, there's, she's very selective. What, like for the most part, an altar de Santa Muerte is, is reserved just, just for her. But um, Francisco, do you have any other folk saints or any other spirits or deities that you keep on your altar with Santissimo that she's asked you to or said is okay? Yeah, so the way I have my altar set up, so I have, my altar is kind of like in like two stories kind of. So I have like my bottom altar, which is like a little like, it's like a TV stand. And on that altar, I have like a statue of Baphomet. So I have my altar to El Diablo. I have um, St. Jude. I have La Virgen de Guadalupe. And I have a little space for my ancestors. And above that, I have a shelf, a long black shelf that is with like these two little shelves that's solely for Santa Muerte. So I'm able to, you know, I, I have found, you know, to work with them all and feel good about it. You know, she's okay with it. But one thing about Santa Muerte, like you said, is that she is very picky. And when you give an altar to Santa Muerte, especially if it's like a vener like veneration, that altar is for Santa Muerte. When you put offerings on that altar, it's for Santa Muerte. Mm -hmm. um, in my personal practice, my altar Santa Muerte, I will not put another saint on the altar because I already have a working altar for spirits. Um, what I give to Santa Muerte is solely for Santa Muerte and no one else. That is just me. Santa Muerte may guide you, for example, to have like Jesus Malverde, um, San Judas, um, La Virgen de Guadalupe. My, I will say La Virgen de Guadalupe is probably like very sisterly with La Santísima Muerte. They are, they do have a very sisterly relationship. That is uh, an entity, a deity that I do see often paired with Santa Muerte on the altar. But because Santa Muerte knows she's top you know, she's, she's, she's pretty big. She knows she's big. Um, she likes having the bigger statue. She likes having the mm -hmm. most candles. La Virgen de Guadalupe is very much like, it's okay if you just have a candle. It's okay. This little, little cute little tea lay for me. Santa Muerte likes, you know, she likes being pampered. Oh yeah. Um, but that's, that, that's just my, my own practice. It may be yeah. different for someone else. Right. Exactly. And I think that goes straight into like what we talked about before is like, you need to communicate. You need to, cause one, like something that, something that came to me for some reason i don't know if i was channeling or not but i work with um or i try to work with saint michael and for some reason michael wants his own altar he does not want to share space like he wants his own place you know what i mean and that's why it's so important to understand that it's not it's not just what you feel or what you think it's just it's what they want so give them what they want so something like you know with with um francisco where they have a, a, a dedicated space just for Santa Muerte and they don't want, you know, I, they don't want the space shared with anybody else. That's going to be different for, you know, another devotee. And it's totally fine if that's the case, just as long as you have permission, just be, just as long as you have the respect, just because just, mm -hmm. just as long as you have the reverence for Santa Muerte, she gave you permission to do that do it, whatever, do whatever you feel like she wants you to do. You know what I mean? So just be in constant commun communication with this spirit and um, show respect and reverence for them. Absolutely. Yeah, but, and don't go straight into putting Santa Muerte onto your altar with Hecate and your Hellenistic pantheon. Like, no, like Santa Muerte yeah. needs her own spot. And if Yo. she tells you it's okay to start mixing, then start mixing. But it, right. one part of her tradition is that she likes her own space. She is a yes. queen mm -hmm. and should be treated as such. Yes. Um, cool. So someone else, Magnus Henbane asked first encounter, how was it scary loving ETC? Um, my first, well, the first time I encountered her in a dream for me, 
Oh my God. It was so weird. It was like an inception like dream. So I remember I was sleeping in my bedroom, which normally whenever I'm in there, I always have my bedroom door shut when I'm sleeping, but in my dream, it was open. And in my dream, I remember like waking up in my bed, but I thought like I was actually awake. And I felt like there was someone about to come around the corner in front of my, in my door. And I was like, like something, what if they, is that you? And she, she came around. I don't remember what color robe she was wearing, but she came around and like, I wasn't scared, but I was just like, whoa, what the fuck that I got startled and woke up or so I thought I woke up. So I wake up again in my or quote unquote, wake up again in my bed. And I feel that energy again, like around the corner of my door. I'm like something, what if there's that you? And there she is coming again. And that's when I actually like woke up, woke up in like physical reality. So that was the first time I ever encountered her in a dream. I would say I was like a little scared, not scared of her, but just scared of like, what the fuck is happening? Like, this is the first time, like a spirit, like this is like come to me in a dream. Um, I know you, you've said Francisco that she's come to you a lot from the start of your life. Do you remember like the very, very first time you ever encountered her? I think the very first time where it was like a full encounter was uh, like I mentioned earlier, like when my grandma passed away, but there was a very interesting event recently. Um, and I haven't spoken about this, but so um, I was taking a little hiatus from like online posting because I was uh, working another job in San Diego and I remember there was one night where I was laying, I was alone in my, my parents' house and I'm just laying there. I'm watching, you know, I'm watching SpongeBob or something. I don't know. And I have always had a lot of supernatural encounters in my parents' house. I don't know why, but I see this uh, womanly figure in like a white robe with like this beautiful blue, like habit, almost like kind of nun-like, but it felt kind of royal too. And it was walking towards me and I didn't see a face. So I didn't know, you know, when I saw it, I was like, that's not something, I don't know who this is. Fast forward to about two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, I'm driving home from work. I was, um, yeah, I was driving home from work. I was on the freeway and have you ever had these visions where it's not really like a vision, like you don't see it apparate in front of you, but it's like your mind is sending a projection and you can see it, if that makes sense. <laughs> and I see that same figure, the white robe with the blue habit, kind of nunnish. But this time I see the, the skull. I see Santa Muerte. I see the skull. And this time she's holding like a gold scepter with like a crown at the end. And then she's holding like a globe. And she was like on the freeway just standing. And I'm just like, okay, am I losing it? Did I work too hard today? Did somebody put something in my drink? What is happening? And it didn't click me till much later. Oh my God, that's the same figure I saw at my parents' house weeks prior the white and the blue. And I'm actually trying, I'm working on building that figure or painting it because it's just ingrained into my head permanently. So that's probably like the most recent thing I've experienced with her. Oh, that gave me like wow. major chills when you were talking about that. That's Ooh. awesome. That's yeah, it gave me chills right now just talking about it. Like the word that just came into my mind as you described her was just like regal, like just right. scepter bearing. Yeah. Like, that's For some reason in my head, um, what popped in my head was the Hierophant. Like that, that tarot mm. card pip popped Ooh, into my head for some, yeah. right? Yeah. That's kind of what popped into my head for some reason. Um, okay. That's let's amazing. Go, let's see. Um, Odie Metzli asked, how did you become a devotee? Did she call you or you called to her? We covered that already. Mm-hmm. Um, Shiki Nuggies said, I feel excited <laughs> when I think about her. I don't work with her now. Why could this happen? Um, okay. This is going to, it's not a hot take, but I think we need to cover this. In the spiritual community, just because you have a feeling about something doesn't necessarily mean like, 
oh, you immediately have to go work with it or like, oh, this is like a huge sign or whatever, you know, like just because a crow flew past you on your drive home doesn't necessarily mean something. So really, mm-hmm. I'd recommend first digging deeper into that. Again, like Francisco recommended earlier, do your research. And perhaps if you feel like there's a connection, like I recommended glass of water, tea light and an image of her and see what happens. But just because you feel excited when you think about her doesn't significantly really mean anything. At least that would be my take. What do you think, Francisco? Um, I agree hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot of people that think, oh my God, like, you know, I, Santa Marta is so cool. Does that mean something? I was like, well, yeah, she's cool. The reason why you feel excited is because she's fucking cool. That's why. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything. And that that's harsh for people to hear, but that is the honest truth. And, you know, I've had people reach out to me saying like, oh, like I saw a skeleton does that mean something? I was like, okay, well, where did you see a skeleton? I was like, well, I was at Halloween Town in Burbank this year around right. Halloween store. I'm like, well, of course you're going to fucking see a skeleton there. You're in a whole fucking Halloween shop. Right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, there, there, there's, you know, or people, you know, um, she's often seen accompanied by an owl. Um, and she was like, well, I saw an owl fly by me. And I was like, okay, where do you live? In an area where there's owls everywhere. I'm like, well, of course. Right, because owls exist, owls. yeah. Because owls exist. And I was like, you know, <laughs> Santa Muerte, I've noticed, is not that in your face. She tends to speak to you more in like dreams and tends to be a little bit more mystical mm. about the way she approaches you. Right. Um, but yeah, that, Ryan, the way you said it, like just because you're drawn to something, it means nothing. Right. Right. Most of the time, it means nothing. Most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this, here's the thing it's like if you're looking for signs, like the first sign isn't the sign. Like, give it a couple more signs. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. most of the time, the second sign is a stop sign. So, like, you just, just, just give it some time and and use your discernment skills. They're a lot better than you think. Use them and be smart. Because, like, don't fuck with death. Please don't fuck with death. Yeah, exactly. No, and I think repetition is key. Like, if you, if you're really curious if a spirit sending you a message, ask for them to send it like three times, right? Because then it's like, oh, I see it now. Oh, I saw it the next day. I saw it a week later. Like if something's happened repetitiously, like that's that's more likely going to be like them sending a sign. But just because you see a picture of something, what if they once, that doesn't mean she's reaching out to you, you know? So right. just, I, I get the need that we all want or the, the desire for us to all want to feel special, but we're, <laughs> we, we can't have that snowflake mentality in spirituality because that's going to get you into a lot of trouble just to be blunt. Exactly. Or be specific. Like, like if you're going to ask for a rose as a sign, instead of asking for one rose, ask for three roses. Or, you know what I mean? Like, ask for a, one rose in red, one rose in blue, one, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Blue roses. Yeah. Blue roses don't really exist. But, like, you know, be specific so that you know. You know it's like, oh, uh, okay, cool. Like, this is it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that really goes for, for any spirit too, not even just right. they like, right. Like, come on now. Um, Owen on Twitter asked, who is she to you? Who is Santa Muerte to the people who she means the most to? I think we covered that first question, who Santa Muerte mm-hmm. is to us. But I love that second question. Who is Santa Muerte to the people she means the most to? And I think that's where all her titles come in. She could be a mother. She can be a mm-hmm. sister. She can be a teacher. She can be a guy. Like, I feel like it really it varies from person to person. And I think that's the most beautiful thing is that we can yeah. each have such unique relationships with her. But um, I, I I don't know. I idolize her. I just think she's so amazingly mm-hmm. powerful. And like, 
I, oh, Fonzie, this is a great time to talk about like kind of the quote unquote fear of God. We, we, I feel like we were so conditioned to believe in Catholicism and Christianity. Like we should like quote unquote fear God. But I, I was talking to my brother who used to be a monk and he's like, no, 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 it's not necessarily being scared of, but just like so awestruck at their power, like so awestruck at like their beauty and gloriousness. And that's kind of how I feel with, with Santa Muerte, like not my mm. fear of hers and being scared, but just like, God, she's just like so powerful and so, so amazing. And, and Ah, it's just like it's so giddy when I talk about it because I'm just like <laughs> I know same. <laughs> like look at her. No, seriously. I I mean, the, here's the thing: is I, I like I said, even just doing the reading and doing the research on her, like they, <sighs> the way folks feel about Santa Muerte made me emotional, and this is just like me vicariously living through these folks. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it seems so incredibly cathartic to work with her because it's not love and light all the time. Do you know what I mean? It's very like, I don't know. For folks who who are of Filipino descent, you know what a you know what your Lola feels like. You know, it doesn't always feel love and light. Your grandmother doesn't always feel love and light, and that's how mm -hmm. I feel about my grandmother sometimes. Where it's just like, she's gonna call you out if, you, if you're being stupid. She's gonna tell you you're being stupid. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's it's very that with her. I think you know what I mean. It's so. Um, I'm going to give you what you need. I am not going to give you what you want. And mm -hmm. sometimes what you need is what you want. And that's great. But sometimes what you need is not what you necessarily want. And it's going to be uncomfortable. Having a relationship with Santa Muerte sometimes feels uncomfortable. And you have to be okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, here's Agreed. a great question, um, Francisco. Someone asked, I hear you need a relationship with her before you petition her. Is that true? Even if she came to you first, I would love to hear your take on that before I offer mine. Um, personally, I don't think it's very necessary to have like a full-blown relationship before you petition her. Um, that stems a lot from how people in Mexico have come to her. So if you think about it, um, one of the things that people say about Santa Muerte is that she's for the people that are desperate. You know, when you have nowhere else to go, you have no one else to turn to. So your death is like your final option to, to ask for help. Now, people in Mexico, people that I personally know who have been in situations that are dire, they're not, well, I'm going to take, you know, six months to read about her. And no, you're in a dire situation. They need to petition to her. Santa Muerte doesn't require this full-blown devotion to ask her something. Mm -hmm. There are people in Mexico that they don't necessarily have like full-blown devotee altars at home but they pray to her, they honor her um, and they'll petition to her. And they usually only do that when they're like in dire situations. Um, if you're a little bit more privileged, then of course you can be more lavish about it. But a lot of people in Mexico have come to her in that fashion because they had nowhere else to go. They didn't have the time or the privileges or resources necessary to learn about her and build that relationship. The relationship came from that initial petition for help and she comes through. You know, she, she comes through and, you know, people, you know, like you said, you know, you get awestruck. They become so impressed by how she turned their life around. And that ends up becoming what set off their relationship, what actually caused a relationship to grow. So it's not very necessary to build a relationship. But if you have the time, the resources and the privilege to actually do your research, it couldn't hurt. I, I can't even add anything onto that. You covered it a hundred percent as much as I would have said as well. Like I, I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah. Like the, the need for, for her intercession 
comes from like exactly that, like need, like in dire mm. situations. And sometimes you don't have the time to develop a relationship. Like you need something done and have nowhere else to turn. Um, and sometimes I also like the idea of like, you know, petitioning her for something and you're offering for that petition or, or um, through her fulfillment of that petition, like you said, Francisco, that might be your gateway to becoming a devotee. So it's mm-hmm. really, it's, it also really depends on what that petition is. Like, are you asking her yeah. for a million dollars and you've never spoken to her or given her some incense or prayers before, you know, or are you like mm-hmm. asking her like, oh my God, like I really need help finding a house because I'm getting evicted right now. Like, you know, it's very much like, okay, what are you, what are you asking for? And like really weigh that out. Um, exactly. Right. I have a question in regards to folks who aren't of Mexican descent, like myself, like let's use me as an example. If I'm going into this wanting to work with Santa Muerte, what is the best course of action after, after we go into like doing the research, learning who she is, how to work with her, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how do you, the two of you feel about folks who are not of Mexican descent um, working with her and how to do it in a very correct way? Because I know that there's a very co- correct way that you know, folks need to work with her. So how do you feel about that? Um, so if you are not of Mexican descent and you feel the okay to start a relationship with Santa Muerte, if you've done the research, if, you, if you've taken the time necessary to learn about this, I say go for it. I'm very okay with anyone who's not Mexican to develop a relationship with Santa Muerte because, well, one, she's going to come for us all at the end of the day. Right. But with that being said, if you are not of Mexican culture and you want to work with Santa Muerte, the one warning I give you is do not mix her or turn her into something she's not. Santa Muerte is not Anubis, so don't treat her like Anubis. Santa Muerte is not Hecate. Do not treat her like Hecate. She's not Aphrodite. Don't treat her like Aphrodite. She is Santa Muerte. You want to work with her? You want to venerate her? She is Santa Muerte. She is from Mexico. She is of Hispanic heritage. Honor that part of her. Venerate her in that fashion. You know, if you want to throw in your own little jazz, uh, you know, I I know some um, uh, somebody I, I met online a while back um, they're, they're actually from the Philippines and they're, they're devotee of Santa Muerte and they give her offerings of like different, like Filipino foods and treats and beverages, um, because that's what they have access to. And the, from what I've spoken to them, they're having a great relationship. That's wonderful. But they refer to her as Santa Muerte. Right. There's, st- they still acknowledge like, no, yeah, she's a Mexican spirit. So I'm going to honor exactly. her in that fashion. Right. That's the biggest thing with Santa Muerte. Don't mix her with tradition. You know, don't, she's not Wiccan. Don't mix her with Wicca. Mm-hmm. You know, keep her as she is. This is how she chose to show herself. Let's keep it that way. Right. It's just the same thing as taking like something like a deity of European descent. Like you're not, or, you know, Mediterranean. Like, let's say you want to work with Apollo. Like, and, and you happen to be of Mexican descent. You're not going to take Apollo and start turning in Mexican. You know what I mean? You're going to keep him right. Apollo. Like, have right. you ever heard of anyone turning Apollo Mexican or turning Apollo anything else? Polynesian? No, no mm-hmm. absolutely not. Right. Mm-hmm. You would never do that. You know, I don't know a lot. I mean, I feel like a lot of the times is because, um, you know, you don't want to fuck with, you know, <laughs> coming from a, um, you know, Apollo is something that a lot of people of not color <laughs> work with so it's like oh we don't want to fuck with that but we'll fuck with anything else do you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like don't fuck with the any sort of cultural foundation that these deities come from you know what i mean just keep 
the origins, the origins. Work with them if you feel like you should and um, respect where they come from because it's so, so important to do so. Exactly. Yeah. You both covered it um, to a T. Yeah. She, Santa Muerte appeared in Catholic Mexico and that's how we should respect her traditions. And again, as you build a relationship with her, should she choose to allow you to do that, she may show you different pathways or allow different pathways of working with her, but starting that relationship, we need to acknowledge where she comes from, which is her roots in Catholic Mexico. So for instance, if you're not Mexican and you weren't raised Christian or Catholic, a huge offering you could do is learning the rosary for her because a rosary Mm -hmm. takes time to pray. And it, it, again, like Francisco touched on earlier, time is the biggest currency we have in this lifetime. And so for someone who is not Mexican or Catholic to take their time to learn the rosary for Santa Muerte, that's a huge offering. It's a commitment for her. And she will acknowledge that as she will see that love and devotion. So it's a matter of acknowledging her roots. And also, again, if you don't come from these cultures of which these spirits presented themselves, consider how you can give back to those cultures too. Like for instance, like I, yeah, I'm a brown person, but I'm a, you know, a bit more light skinned. So it's like, how can I benefit people who, who have darker skin? Right. Cause it's like, how can I use my privilege to better these communities and these people's um, with the privilege that I have as a lighter skinned person of color, you know? So it's like, how can you use whatever privileges you have or whatever access to certain benefits or whatever that you may have to benefit the communities of which this spirit presented itself. So it's really taking cultural appreciation and cultural nuance into mind when you choose to work with these spirits, because we can't neglect where they presented themselves and where they have their roots from. Mm -hmm. I just want to mention something because Francisco was recently on um, Mystic Dylan's podcast and they, you guys talked about this. Um, about cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. And you so lovingly um, spoke about um, someone was uh, Sally from the Valley. Sally from the Valley. (laughs) Sally from, if Sally in the, Sally from the Valley heard about Santa Muerte and started turning her into into something else, then that is, you, you are appropriating a culture that sees this particular being as sacred and, you know, holy don't take that away from the people it came from. You do not have the right to do that. So just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Plain and simple. Yeah. Uh, One last question someone asked on this Instagram question poll is, is it true if you work with Cyprian, you can't work with her? I've heard this and I've been curious. From what I've learned, St. Cyprian's one of the few folk saints who is compatible with Santa Muerte after you develop mm-hmm. a relationship with both of them. So I'm, I'm very interested to have heard this question. Um, Cause again, he's one of the few saints, especially because before he got integrated into Catholicism, he used to be a sorcerer who sold his soul to the devil. So like it's um, I, I've heard that you can work with St. Cyprian and Santa Muerte either separately or at some point, you know, putting a small version of him on her altar if she allows you to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've heard of similar things and, the, the thing with Santa Muerte and like what spirits to mix with, a devotion or a veneration of Santa Muerte is going to look very different depending on who you are as a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Because witches who are de- also devotees of Santa Muerte may look different to someone who is just someone who is a devotee of Santa Muerte. Because not all devotees of Santa Muerte practice witchcraft. Some people will just have an altar to her and, you know, they give her offerings and pray to her. And that's it. They don't practice witchcraft. A lot of times people that work with St. Cyprian and Santa Muerte tend to be witches themselves also. And it tends to tie a lot with people that work a lot with La Negra too, since La Negra is the queen of witchcraft, um, the mother of, of witches. So it, it, it can depend 
like what spirits are allowed on her altar and what spirits you work with may also depend on what your spiritual path looks like that led you to something with it. Mine was already on witchcraft. So my relationship to something with it is heavily influenced by witchcraft. Um, so I, I don't work with St. Cyprian, but if I were, I think from what I feel right now, um, it would be okay because that is the path that I'm on. It, it's tied to witchcraft versus if you don't do witchcraft, it may look a little different. Right. And one big thing is like Santa Muerte is going to become one of your biggest teachers, no matter what your relationship is with her. I, I feel like um, her being death, the most holy death, she brings death to things in your life that no longer serve you. That's one. That's the quickest lesson she taught me. Like mm-hmm. I was going through stress, such a stressful period time in my life. When I started reaching out and devoting myself to her, um, I was moving. I just graduated college. I was going through like postgraduate depression, like so much shit was being shed from my life, but she like led me to everything that I needed. Like, I feel like it's because of her that I'm living in the beautiful house I've been in for almost three years. And that she's definitely the reason I've met like you, Francisco, and so many other people in this community, and even my best friend that I live with, what are the chances of me having met another Santa Muerte devotee practitioner who ended up being like a soulmate to me, who, mind you, before we moved in together, I found, we met over Grinder, and they lived two blocks up the street from me, hmm. and we had met because they saw my Santa Muerte pendant in my Grinder profile picture, and was like, is that a Santa Muerte <laughs> pendant? And I was like, it sure the fuck is, because I just got yeah, a notification with I someone else about it because they blocked me once they found out that I was a devotee um and so I was like it sure the fuck is a pendant and what of it and he's like I'm a devotee too I was like whoa whoa, whoa hold up what like the connection like oh it's just again I'm getting giddy because it's just the, the miracles that she creates in your life and the way she just cuts shit out with her sight but also the blessing she brings you is just mm-hmm. out of this world so there you go. Even Santa Muerte can use Grinder to bless your life. <laughs> Grinder is my is my new is gonna be my new like tool for divination when I'm trying to find someone's like Santa Muerte guide me to the right dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, we're we're probably on the within the same like, like radius when it comes to Grinder. I need I need I need Santa Muerte to bless me on Grinder because it's it's not it's not the talent's really weak over here. I'm telling you. I will say Santa Muerte can help with sex magic. I know there's some people say she doesn't, work. but they are lying to you. Santa Muerte can work with sex magic. You better fucking work. Absolutely. La Roja, the red aspect. That's all. That's sex right there. <laughs> oh, she's all about passion. Mm-hmm. You know, resources. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot of books I recommend. Um, I mentioned it before. San, La Santa Muerte by um, Tomas Prower has a lot of great information. I recommend Magia Magia. City Alchemist does a lot of things on, yeah, City Alchemist. Um, and there's another Instagram that I'm probably forgetting that has good resources. Uh, if I remember, I'll post about it. Um, if you're looking for something on YouTube, Janelle, I think it's Legoria, an mm-hmm. entire channel devoted to teaching you about Santa Muerte. Mm-hmm. And entire- I, think, I think she came up on my feed a couple of times she it's it, i think it's one of the like the biggest something with the instagram um i know there's a website called something with the magic.com it's all dedicated to something with and also one of the biggest things with something with um because again there is no set bible there is no set grimoire you know she doesn't have like like christianity have the christian bible mormons have the book of mormon there's nothing like that for something with it really mm-hmm. um it's a lot of experience so talk to devotees ask devotees um we're more than happy to share you our experiences and help you get on the right foot but that by no means is 
a reason to replace hard earned research. Go online, do your research, look up her Aztec history, look up how she came to be. Um, take your time. You're no, you're literally in no rush. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the biggest resource I can recommend who has transformed my practice and relationship with her is, um, again, city alchemist, like Francisco mentioned, uh, if you are really interested in working with Santissima, um, they have a $30, uh, pre-recorded almost three hour lecture. It's a crash course onto um, a crash course in Santissima Muerte. It teaches you her history as well as how to start a relationship with her. And they also offer once a year, a six month long course. That's all about Santissima Muerte and teaches you how to do spell work with Santissima Muerte and even working with her three traditional robe aspects of black, white, and red. And I just finished that course. Oh my God, Ed, Francisco, you have to take it next year. Like it is next level shit can you um, send me a link for that yeah i'll um i think it's on their website but i forgot okay I, sweet i think they offer it it starts in june because it, it starts in june and then ends in november and um okay. it oh my god yeah it just you learn you will learn so much stuff that you'll not be able to find in any any books or anything out there that's why like i just appreciate alexis mm-hmm. Adelando of city alchemist so much like that is my maestro i'm hoping to meet him next year like absolutely amazing um Tomas Brower, you know, it's funny I want oh, to yeah. I really I really and when you I think you when you started that six months course I think you, you messaged me about it and as soon as you said it, I was like oh my god I need I really need to get on this that is something actually I am planning on doing this year or this coming year yeah highly I can't I honestly I might retake it again just because it was mm-hmm. so informative um so can't recommend that enough but yeah for anyone beginning definitely recommend dropping the 30 bucks if possible on the mm-hmm. crash course to Santissima Muerte course through City Optimist. even that alone will give you such valuable information that will help you easily begin a relationship with her uh what else what else what else you recommended Tomas Brower's book that one's pretty common um J. Allen Cross touches on Santissima Muerte in his book American Brujeria although he's not a devotee um, actually, Francisco and I have a live on my Instagram where mm-hmm. we, we talk about uh, how he covered her um, and the pros and cons of what he talked about. And then, um, oh, there was something else you recommended, Francisco. I forgot what source. You said Tomas Prower and something else. Uh, there was the YouTube channel, Janelle. Janelle, yeah. Oh, yeah, Janelle. Um, Janelle has a fantastic channel as well. I think um, San Sisto Brujo Luis has a YouTube channel where he's, I think he has a video too about Santa Muerte, but um, Janelle definitely focuses like all on Santissima Muerte. Um, but yeah, City, City Alchemist is the number one resource I would recommend for anyone because uh, Alexis knows his shit and is a long, 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 long time devotee of, of her. Well, my resources are um, the Mestizo Mystic and the Wicked Witch of LA. So there you go. Those are my resources. <gasps> Who's that? Yeah, <laughs> Who's that? Is that because me? those are literally the folks who who teach me everything that I know as of right now, aside from my own side, you know, my own side research on Santa Muerte. And they are, they, they truly are a um, cornucopia of knowledge when it comes to our holy death. So cornucopia. that's such a good word. I know it's just, it's just roll off the t- Yeah. It just rolls off mm. the tongue. Cornucopia. Well, now I really want corn now. <laughs> um francisco before you head out can you mm-hmm. once again drop your ads where you can be found and do you offer any sort of services or products uh yeah so um, you can find me at which of la it's the same here on instagram youtube uh tiktok um i do have an etsy store the wicked path i think the link for that is on my instagram bio and there's going to be a really huge restock 
of all new stuff in um, in the coming year, uh, beginning of 2022. Some of this stuff takes a long time to make, so that's why it's not going to happen until then. But there was a few things here and there. Um, I do offer um, psychic readings and spiritual services through the Old World Emporium. So if you happen to be in LA and you want to take a trip to Santa Clarita for the day, um, you can do you can go online to like do tarot readings with me. Um, I do spiritual limpias and uh, various other spiritual services. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a part of the red text. Um, I've always enjoyed every conversation we have, uh, whether it's about grinder huckets or sent them what they, we always Oops. have a good time, <laughs> <laughs> which reminds me, I've got some stories to tell you, but that's for another day. <laughs> well, you know what? We were planning on doing a little Kiki within the next month. So maybe we can invite you to come. Cause we're, we're planning on doing, I, I, I it's one of the things that are, is coming within the next year are new things that's coming from the red text coven. And one of the things that I do want to do is just to have like a little Kiki that doesn't necessarily have to do with anything that's, you know, just things in our lives. And I think that's something that mm -hmm. folks would really, really appreciate. So spicy grinder stories is something that I think. Yeah. Spicy grinder stories. <laughs> I've got plenty. Thank you so much, Francisco. I am so happy that we actually got to talk finally. Like, I feel like this is the first time we actually got to face-to-face -face have a conversation. It is. And I am like, I don't, how do I put this? I'm very bad with words, but I'll just keep it simple. I, 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 both of you are just amazing. As soon as I followed you both, like, I don't know, you, you two are just some of the most honest front forward. You, you keep it real. I mean, easily, I'm not just trying to butter you up. Um, I really I like do. Buttered up. I know. I like the gas. I'm, keep, keep it coming. Well, there you go. Okay. We're, we're going to butter. A lot of butter is about to happen. Mm. Butter my muffin, please. Butter the muffins. We're going to butter each other's muffins. <laughs> no, I, I really do love you both. You both are absolutely fantastic, wonderful people. I mean, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get too mushy. If I, keep going. I know. <laughs> well, okay. Well, with that said, I am Witch Illumicente on I, Instagram. Oh, uh, let's do that. I'm again. sorry. <laughs> Let's do that again. I, I've had too many shots. Okay, hang on one second. With that said, I am Fonzie. I am at Witch Illumicente here on Instagram. And my name is Ryan. You can find me on Instagram at the Mestizo Mystic. And join us next time for our, our unholy communion. See y'all later.